I've spent the last 12 years trying to find the ultimate model to run a chiropractic business, and I think I discovered it. The Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, where you integrate fitness with the great care that chiropractic offices offer. Now, I perfected that model, and I sold that business last year. Now I've gone full-time into discovering how to help others build the same model in their practice, and I have the goal of 100 hybrid clinics starting up in the next year. So follow along as we interview the greatest guests, thought leaders in our space here, and discover the ways to perfect this model so that you can run an amazing business that also contributes to your time off, increased pay, and increased fulfillment by doing the care that you truly believe in. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it's my pleasure today to be joined by uh, the leader at TonyGentlecore.com, Tony Gentlecore. How are you, Tony? Hello. How are you? Technical hey, issues. We're doing, How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm good. I am good. I think we're, we got them all worked out. Tony and I have spent the last 10 minutes hacking through what should be simple technology, but we're good now, right? Then we can send satellites to the far reaches of our galaxy, but we can't solve, you know, a, a proper yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm sitting in Pasadena, California, the home of JPL. And that's where that Mars rover that is currently drilling into the surface of Mars was launched yeah. from. Yeah. And you and I are struggling to have a two person conference call yeah. via internet. My, my microphone's awesome. not working. Like what the hell? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And they have a, a, a they're literally uh, to, at an, in another planet communicating. So I don't know, but we'll get going. We're doing it so, live. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so for those, uh, listeners who haven't yet experienced the glory of all things Tony General Corps, can you give them a little idea of who you are, what you do, and uh, why people should follow your blog if, if n- for other reasons than a good laugh? Yeah, I well, thank you for that introduction. I, I like to get people strong. I like to get people moving well. Uh, I like to get people uh, um, a little bit more badass. Uh, I've, been, I've been in the industry for about 15 years now, a little over 15 years started as a personal trainer in your regular commercial gym, uh, ended up uh, opening up Cressy Sports Performance with Eric Cressy and Pete Dupuy back in 2007. I was there for eight years, I was the co-founder. Uh, so I, I got to work with a lot of professional athletes and general population clients and uh, had a, worked with an amalgamation of a lot of people from different backgrounds and different sports. Uh, and then I left in 2015 to open up my own small studio here in Boston called core and now I train predominantly general pop uh, I don't I don't I have a couple of college athletes a couple of high school athletes uh, and that is my preference like I really enjoy working with the general population um, and because of my writing career and you know my internet presence like most of the time when people come to me they kind of they kind of know what they're getting themselves into like they you walk into my studio there's there's one Airdyne bike and, and the rest is pretty much weights and barbells and a, and a power rack. Uh, you know, people are going to squat, right. deadlift, they're going to bench press. However, uh, I, I don't like to pigeonhole myself into one set way of doing anything. Uh, you know, like when I say I want to get people stronger, I understand that that is subjective and not everyone really cares about a 500 pound deadlift. Uh, so, but I do want to get them stronger in the sense of like, what they do on day one, there is an improvement over the course of several weeks, if not several sure. months. Uh, so that that's that's what I mean when I like when I say like I want to get people stronger. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know, 
my week is basically just training people out of there 20 hours a week or so. I do a fair amount of traveling uh, with presenting, which is a which is a big honor, of course. And you know, I still try to keep up with my writing. Uh, anyone who reads my stuff yeah. will. Is it just by chance, by the way, that you and Pete and Eric all were, I mean, you guys are all writers, right? Like more so yeah, than any I other three Eric, people in the same Eric, building in fitness I've ever seen. Well, Eric, Eric started off pretty young as a writer because uh, his, his mom was an, is an English teacher. So he, he definitely yeah. had a really start with writing. And I think when he and I started our, our careers, we, we definitely were early adopters of that. Like there weren't, back in the early 2000s, there weren't many uh, coaches and personal trainers writing fitness blogs and fitness i mean there were there were, of course websites yeah, for nation and it was two of you i mean from my perspective it was the two of you it was boyle i mean boyle's always been a great writer right yeah, yeah. um charlie charlie weingroff was putting out yeah. some stuff fairly mike regularly robertson, mike robertson yeah. i think nia shanks i mean Lee Peel. there's there's a lot of there are several people but um as far as but like i definitely got how big the you hit think how big fitness is and there was eight eight writers <laughs> you know what i mean like like that was the bulk of what was coming out. Yeah. I don't know. That's what now, I see. Now, yeah, I certainly don't envy anyone getting in the industry now and trying to get their information out there. Um, however, I do think if it is good content, it's going to be found. It's going to be read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly anything you can do to make yourself a little bit more engaging uh, in terms of like, yes, people want to be educated. They want to learn. Uh, however, you know, talking about scapular upper rotation isn't the sexiest thing in the world. So well, if you can toss in some He-Man references or some like pop culture references, sure. or whatever, uh, I think that that definitely will bold in your favor. Yeah. If, if you're good at it, if you know, if you're, if you're weird about the He-Man references. Oh, and believe me, like if you would have, if you would have told me back in 1998 that I would be, uh, I'd be getting paid to do writing. Uh, I would have laughed because I I had no aspirations to be to do any writing when I was going through college. It just I I had a a knack for it in the beginning, and certainly I can read stuff I wrote early and and, and cringe like it was horrible. Now that I read it, it's horrible. But certainly, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Uh, and you know, I, I just stayed consistent with it, and people tend to enjoy it. So that's, that's a good thing. It's like yeah, it's like exercise. Pretty good writing con done consistently yeah. is better than one great perfect workout right like yeah, exactly that's a great analogy i mean i yeah i can't every week i get somebody asking like oh, how do i become a writer like you or how do i get myself out there and i'm and i i honestly i don't mean to be a jerk about it but i'm like stop emailing me and emailing the 10 other people that you sent this email to and just start writing like right that easy it's crazy though like I think it's exaggerated or, or magnified in the world of exercise, but like some of the questions, like I remember I was at a seminar and Tom Plummer said his, his sister-in-law is like, Tom, I'm thinking about starting a walking program. What do you think I should do? He's like, walk. <laughs> what are you looking for here? Like, yeah. And it's like that. Like, I don't want to start writing. What should I do? And it's like, right. Like, it's going to suck. Anyways, I mean, people, yeah, people are scared because they don't want to. They don't want to fail. Um, but if you get, if you start with the mindset that when you exercise, when you write, when you start driving a car, I don't. You put anything here, you're going to suck. It is going to not be a pleasant experience. Well, uh, yeah, and I think that there's a big business lesson here too. Like, you will have clients, or or you might have missed the clients that truly want you to. I don't want to say dumb it down, but like 
I think you're in general pop. How many women would come if you said, hey, listen, this Saturday, all we're going to do is a gym walkthrough. I'm just going to tell you what these parts and pieces are, what we call them, what they're used for. We're not actually working out. We're not measuring body fat. We're not, I'm just going to tell you what the stuff is, where it goes, how you set it up. I think there are probably, you know, in a town like Boston, you could probably get a dozen women that are just like, I've always wanted, you know, everybody's always throwing around these these terms about bells, but I look around, I don't see anything that makes noise. You know, it's like, I don't see anything that is a musical instrument. Yeah, and you're what, like, what interesting, you know? Her? I never, I don't know what that is. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and why I, is that one dumber than this one? <laughs> what happened to that bell? Why is it so stupid? We're the smart bells. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, I think. Uh, Do you go to the bar to get dumb? No. <laughs> So yeah, I think there yeah there certainly would be uh, uh, there's there probably if anyone's listening and watching they should they yeah they need to start making a class out of that which I know some some gyms do that as part of their like onboarding process uh, you know yeah. but um, but yeah I mean that's that's uh, yeah that's a it's a great point you made well I mean even in your time so like uh, when you were at uh, uh, when you were working Chris I mean you guys had. Uh, you know, some high-end athletes come in. Were you surprised at, like, how elementary some of the knowledge was? Like, Oh, my God. That should be a well-trained population, a well-educated population. You probably probably know as well as I do, like, especially when it came to, like, the nutrition and recovery standpoint with professional athletes. Like, you you look at their diet and their sleeping habits, and you'd be like, what, are you, 12? Like, you're (laughs) – you're you're a 25 year old like grown grown ass man and you're eating Lucky Charms three times a day and like you fell asleep with Dorito half bitten in your mouth. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I remember I had a conversation with one of our. It was a he started with us as a high school athlete, got into college, became a professional baseball player, and I remember having several conversations with him. He's like, yeah, you know, I feel like my testosterone levels are lower. Like I'm always lethargic and tired and. My lists are, are struggling, and and I'm just like, you know, what time do you go, what time do you go to bed? Uh, he's like, oh, you know, like two a.m. or I'm like, go to fucking bed, dude. Like there, <laughs> like your that there's your T levels right there. Like go to bed, get right. eight hours yeah. sleep. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So I mean, it. You know, with, with don't don't eat like your like it's the kids menu at McDonald's. You know, like. Exactly. Um, but I mean, and we did have to sit down. We had a coach at Crestley Sports Performance who would sit down and with with our professional baseball players and and do like a group sit down of like, here's what a protein is, and here are your best sources of protein. These are these are you know carbohydrate like really simple stuff. And they, I mean, a lot of people just aren't educated on that, and that's no fault of their own. Like I mean, they they don't read the same stuff. I mean, you and I will sit at home on a Friday night and read stuff like that, but um, most people are not. That isn't a fun time to them. So yeah, it's yeah. just some. It's, it's definitely rudimentary information that we have to relate to them at times. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing that the disconnect sometimes between who you perceive, which is why you have to do assessments by the way, because yeah. you're, per, you're, when you bet on somebody, whether it's with an injury or their training knowledge or anything, it's like, Oh, this person has six pack abs. Therefore they understand everything about exercise. And it's like, eh, not quite, yeah. you know, a lot of times so, they, a lot of times they pick the right parents. So they, they look that way despite <laughs> the, like, you know, they just, no matter what they yeah. do, they look that way or they look that way regardless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the assessment. The lucky sperm club. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
it can get you rich or better looking faster than almost anything. In fact, you never have to spend a day working at it. You're born that way. So anyways, uh, so what I wanted to maybe cover today, uh, Tony, you you obviously have a a good, uh, like, uh, a good background in, in rehab from the fact of it just looked a lot like the exercise you would do with people. Right. And making sure that, uh, this dude that comes in that makes $5 million a year doesn't work with you in the off season and then end up waking $500,000 a year because he would be pretty pissed about that. Yep. Uh, and you have to take care of some injured body parts and, and keep these guys moving. And then you work in general population where pain is the likelihood you're going to have a client with pain is higher than the likelihood you won't. Right. Like yep. some low back injury or shoulder or something. Um, yet you have done an amazing job of, staying you know maintaining the lanes like making sure that you don't overstep bounds even though i mean you i think you can make the argument just from what i've seen on your work that you're probably better than a lot of like a physical therapist or chiros at the rehab piece but you don't flaunt that and you don't say oh i'm better i'm gonna keep it in my office so how what what's kind of how have you navigated that along the way because you i'm sure you've been up against some tight spots yeah so i think what what i'm hearing you say josh is that i'm not a dick (laughs) I don't thank you for taking 18 sentences worth of information and making it into one quick line (laughs) yes that's exactly right so I think it's it's very 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 important as a a strength coach and as a personal trainer that I I know my limitations like yes I do feel I I, I know my stuff like I I, I feel like I've gone out of my way to uh, surround myself with with awesome colleagues and very smart people around me that I can confer with. And I read, I try to stay on top of things, but I, again, like you said, I, I know my lane. Uh, and, uh, yes, I, I do what I would, what I would deem a pretty thorough onboarding process or assessment with people that I work with. And I get many people coming, Oh, my, my shoulder hurts. or my lower back's always giving me issues when I deadlift or my knees are cranky at the moment. And I can kind of, I can look at people's movement during an assessment and kind of ascertain like what might be the, the root cause here. Um, but I'm certainly not diagnosing anything. And I know there are many, and it's, this is very unfortunate. There are many personal trainers nowadays and coaches nowadays who are, who, who are doing really shitty physical therapy because they, they read an article online about whatever and like, Oh, I'm just going to do this for my client. We're going to do a shitty manual therapy. And it's like, no, like, that is not your, that is not your job. That is not your place. And that's just a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like, stop. I live in a city where there are many great physical therapists and many great strength coaches that I can sure. refer <laughs> when I feel necessary, uh, which I do often. Like, I mean, I can think of a client currently who, uh, I've been trying, my rule of thumb when I work with somebody new is like, I, give me two to three months. Like you're coming in with like a, a, a bum shoulder. Let's let me take a look at it. Let me see if I can like correct stuff and make, maybe do the, 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 the appropriate exercises for you and turn stuff on and, you know, teach proper technique, et cetera. Give me three months. If we don't see an improvement in the, in that window, then I think it's time that we need to go like, we need to, there's something that's outside my scope. We need to go get that looked at. And I did that currently with, uh, with a female client of mine. I, I, you know, we've been trying to work around things. We have good weeks and bad weeks and, um, sure. Uh, you know, just things where she was having, she was having a hard time. Uh, so I, I said, Hey, let, 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 let's make it a point with my friend, Steph, uh, who's a physical therapist here, um, at, uh, at Boston physical therapy and, um, had her go in, 
Um, they, they, they've been working together for about two weeks now and have seen vast improvements. Because like Steph can do manual therapy. She, can, she has a keener eye when it comes to stuff not working, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, I'm just a dumb yeah. strength coach, right? So if I can get – if I have that network of other fitness professionals there and I can bridge that gap, which I think is an important concept in the industry, is like there, yeah. it, it isn't physical therapy over here and strength training over here. Like there's a lot of middle ground when it comes to the weight room uh, and getting people better. Uh, Absolutely. So I, the, more, the more and more that I do that, uh, and, and I, I see that happening more. I think it's great for the industry. Nice. And and have you, along the, the, that last statement you made, have you had situations where you refer a client out and then they fall into the black hole, like never to be heard from again? No, because I think people, when they understand that you have their best interest in mind and that you want your job is to get them better, like yep. they, wonder, they appreciate that. They understand okay. that and, they, and they, they're going to come back. Uh, cause the, the physical therapist is gonna, is gonna send them back my way. I mean, yeah. I've even sent people to, like, I'm not, I'm not an Olympic lifter. Like I've never done Olympic lifts. I'm not, I'm not educating the Olympic lifts. I have nothing against them. I've just never done them. And I've had clients who are very it's much. Cause you hate that. the Olympics. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I've had, I've had clients who have expressed interest in learning uh, a proper clean or a proper whatever sure. and I'm like you know that isn't my strong suit but i know a coach here in boston who could help you do that and, I've, yeah. and they've gone there and they've come, they've come back so i've, I've never really had an, an i've never been scared of of okay. clients because I, I generally believe genuinely believe that if if they know that you have their best interest in mind they're going to stay loyal mm-hmm. okay well, that's i mean good, that's good. Team, i can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's just like all right see ya um, yeah I, I mean i i've had people I've referred out and, and, and uh, it's the business side of this idea that the strength and rehab are not related. You know, it's like that if I'm in a, I therefore cannot be in B and really it's like, yeah. it's not a or B it's, it's um, it needs to be more like colors. Like there's a blend of colors that work well together, you know, Oh, we're making yeah. purple out of this. So yeah. uh, if someone did leave, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take offense to that. Like sometimes I'm not someone's flavor. They're not my flavor. Like that's, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I really don't take offense to that. Maybe, maybe 10 years ago, Tony would have been like, Oh, screw you. Like, um, <laughs> but now it's like, um, there's so many options out there and so many smart people that, yeah. uh, there's enough to go go around and there's enough and there's going to be other people who are going to come and take their place so yeah well uh, along those lines so so you're working now in general pop like it's you're an interesting an interesting bird that you went general population to a highly specialized population right of of baseball players specifically pitchers right and then i would say the bulk even though we were uh a baseball facility, I would say a, a vast majority of them were, were pitchers. Yeah. yeah. And among that, it wasn't just baseball pitchers. It was Boston-based baseball pitchers who didn't mind going to Nowheresville yeah. to go train, right? Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, so, which, which, which helped, which, which said a lot about the guys coming in. Like, honestly, like, to come to Boston in the offseason uh, is, is a hard sell. So, yeah. so, a lot of it, you knew that if someone was willing to – to come to Boston for three months to train in the off season, they were probably going to get after it. They were going to listen to what we yeah. had to say. They had a vested interest and in, in learning, learning what we wanted to do with them. Um, so we really had, it was very rare to get pushback. Uh, so what you're saying back. is that the athletes down at the, at Eric's Florida location are basically JV. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah, they're, they're yeah, they don't know what they're doing down there. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's cakewalk, you know. It's yeah. It's, who wants to be in, who wants to be in Jupiter, Florida, in, in December? Come on, come on, go to Boston. It's essentially every one of those athletes is going to be like your grandfather, right? Like when I trained there, I had to walk through three feet of snow. They, yeah. well, they didn't even plow the parking lot. That. There's some truth to that. <laughs> and it's like now you're going here in clear skies and 72 degrees. You don't know yeah. what training's like. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so going back, so you went from like general pop to specialization back to general pop, which is mm-hmm. you said you're mostly doing general pop now, right? Yep. Correct. Um, you're like Whitey Bulger, you know, released back into general population. Yeah. Give me Adam. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, what, uh, what, being a, a guy that specialized, like you must have seen like where you guys filled the gaps, but do you see that there are gaps that are missing in most of the coaches' minds in the general population? Or is there anything you're applying backward and going, I learned this over there? Not the specific exercise, but the intent, like, like monitoring sleep, for example, like huge deal in pro sports, uh, in general pop, very rare if ever talked about, but are there other things that you notice are good? So, uh, basically the reason I'm asking Tony is because I think most of the people listening to this podcast are working, their patient population is general pop and therefore people they work with will be general population. So Mm -hmm. you having insight, what I think would be helpful for them. So you're talking about like just from a training standpoint, like my kind of like my overall. Sure, let's, let's start there. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I look at it. I mean, to make it as simplified as possible, like I do look at training the gem, gem pop client as training movements. I know I'm not, um, you know, you look at the hinge, you look at the squat, you look at upper body push, upper body pull, single leg work, core work. I just, I, I, I simplify it th- that much and say, these are the things that I want to get you good at. Um, I'm going to look at your injury history. I'm going to look at your current ability level. I'm going to look at your goals and I'm going to try to figure out what exercises in these categories are going to be the best fit for you to, to, to set you up for as much success as possible. Very rarely is somebody on day one, uh, am I going to put a, a barbell on their back and, and, and let's, let's test your back squat. Let's, Let's, let's pull a, a straight bar from the floor on day one. Just most people just aren't prepared to do that on day one. They might think they want to do that and be like, yeah. they watch too many YouTube videos or they're on, they're on Instagram all the time. Um, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them, like, listen, who gives a shit? Like, you're not, you're not a competitive powerlifter. You're not a competitive weightlifter. Uh, we have these, these things going on with, as far as what I found in your assessment. My job as your coach now is to, let's set you up for success. Let's get you better. Um, and if that means we have to use a trap bar for five years or a year or a couple of whatever, um, then so be it. I mean, it, it's going to put you in a better position. You're still pulling from the floor, but it's going to take into account your mobility restrictions. It's going to, it's just, it's just a more spine friendly way of introducing a deadlift. Um, nice. That, do you have that, by the way, do you have that discussion with them? Like after you build that program and Somebody, do you say like, here's how we kind of approach this, and here's why I pick these things for you? Yeah, I mean, if they, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Like some, some people just want to be told what to do. They just want to show up, and they, yeah. they, they just say, what am I doing today? Others tend to be a little bit more intuitive and more proactive, and like want to know, like, hey, why, why are we doing the, a goblet squat instead of this, or why, why do I have my feet this way instead of this way? And yet, yeah, as their coach, I should be able to rationalize and explain 
why I have this particular exercise in their program. I am, it doesn't have to be anything extraordinary. It could just be like, oh, you know, we found your assessment, your little, your feet, your your hips are a little bit more externally rotated, so your feet are going to come out that way a little bit more, and it's going to feel better for you. So let's roll with it. And like, oh, okay, that's good. Like, I don't need to get into like rush aversion, antiversion, like acetabulum positions, and you know all that stuff. They most people don't care. Well. Yeah, some if you're people, at the bar and you're trying to attract the ladies, you definitely want to go into that anti-version, retroversion <laughs> talk. Yeah, they love it. That, yeah, they'll just start flocking. Oh, dude, yeah, you, that's, yeah. that's business, but, business 101 right there. Um, oh, absolutely. So, but but yeah, if I can just explain, like, hey, if this feels better uh, and it, you 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 feel more stable or more powerful yeah. doing particular exercise, then we're we're gonna run with it. Um, Go sick. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So. That's, that's kind of how I, I explain things. Hey, I just want to take a second here and make sure you know all about clinicgymhybrid.com. There's information over there. You can set up a uh, phone call if you want uh, to ask me some questions. But also, uh, we also have information about our Accelerator and Accelerator Light program. So those are both programs that have 42 high-impact video lessons all about how to get up and running in the shortest amount of time. I hope that you are uh, able to take us up on that because that will help get us close to our goal of 100 hybrid facilities in the next year. If you have any questions, feel free to set up some time to talk on the phone. And now we'll get right back to our interview. Are you getting people that have done training before or are they total rookies? Like, hey, you might be their first trainer ever. Yeah, I would say. I mean, if we had a dollar for every person that came in and said, you were my first, Tony. I mean, you could retire at this point. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Uh, but I would say the bulk of the people that come to me are familiar with my work, whether they might have read some stuff on Nation or they read my website or they're just a referral from a current client. So they kind of know yeah. what they're getting themselves into. Um, there's, but there are a few people that uh, happen. To, they might Google coaches in Boston and I might come up on that and they, they seek me out and they, they come in and uh, then, then they, yeah, then they're, they're new. I remember one, one current client who's been with me for almost two years now he always tells his story because he's like new people will come in but yeah when i first started i came in it's like hey can you can you write me like a cardio plan and and i was like yeah that's not quite what i do like i mean we're, we're surrounded by barbells and not nothing there's nothing in here that reeks of cardio um it's like no we're gonna lift things and and he bought into it like to my credit he bought into it and he's been a loyal client for two years but every time someone new comes in he likes to tell that story and that he, he wanted to come in like have me write him a cardio plan. I, I can't remember the last time I ran a mile. So it's like, uh, so yeah, every now and then I definitely get uh, so, someone new in. Um, but but I, I love that because a lot of times I don't have to reprogram them. Uh, I get to start from a blank slate, which I, which I love. Yeah. And uh, in your program, when you got back to General Pop, were you doing more of like, just getting get to the lifting or were you doing more prep work did you find that you have to do more you know correctives I, foam rolling stretching I'm like how, how would you adjust it yeah i'm a big fan of getting people right into it as, as quickly as i can as far as like let's <laughs> let's work out because i i don't right. want to feel like a patient i don't want to feel like they're a walking ball of fail and no one's going to get jazzed that is up great uh, we need to make t-shirts for that one but what's you're one? not a walking ball uh, you're not a walking ball of fail yeah, I, like I mean, maybe, yeah, I, you feel free to take it. Um, but, you know, I, I do find that sometimes when I when I do get people coming who have worked with, with trainers previously, 
was like, oh, well, my previous trainer had me foam roll for 15 minutes, and then we did these mobility drills, and then this. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm not anti-foam rolling. I'm not anti-corrective work. Yeah, yeah. But we need to train. <laughs> we need to get after it. We need to do something. Uh, I would love to see a graph of trainers, consistency of posting on Instagram, and number of minutes clients spend foam rolling per session, you know, yeah. like as those trend lines probably go up, uh, yeah. unmated, right? Like, and Eric and I, I know when we work together at Crusty Sports Performance, a lot of times we get, we, we, we would get people who are pretty beat up that would come in. And I, I and now I, I still do. I have found is completely correlative. I, I have no research to back this up, but I often say I, I would ask them to warm up and, and sometimes they'd be foam rolling every inch of their body for like 10, 50, like very meticulous foam rolling. And I'd be like, that is why you're hurt because you're, you're spending, you, you feel like, I feel like people think they need to be in like, they need to be in bubble wrap. Like there, there's no, there, there's lack of resiliency. It's like, well, it's as long easy. as it's BPA free bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But be careful about that. Honestly, like th that's why I feel like it's so important to match the appropriate exercises to the individual. Yeah. Like I took a seminar, uh, I think it was a TPI seminar and, and Dr. Uh, Mark Smith, he's a PhD in ex-phys and he's big, big about the sprint interval training. Like that's was his uh, dissertation and everything. Like he's huge about that. Interestingly, he would say, do not perform a warm up because he says that his opinion of what he learned along what you're saying is that the true fitness is the ability to adapt to the situation. It's not the ability to perform the situation. Sure. Meaning you're not a great free throw sh shooter. If you can shoot free throws four through 100 in a row, it's can you go from playing in a game to shooting an accurate first free throw? Like that's way more important than yeah. anything that comes after that. Yeah. So he says people should come in and, and then right after that, go into the sprint workout, the sprint interval training, because that's, you know, he argues essentially the kind of paleo approach of like, that's what we would do. Our ancestors would do on the, you know, when you're, you're, uh, your people were, I was going to stay on the plains of the Serengeti, but it's more like hopping off the Viking ship to uh, plunder immediately. You know, there was no warm up time. And it's like, no, dude, we, we got to get to plundering right now. Yeah, I see that viewpoint. And, and to clarify my end a little bit, I'm not saying like I'm, we're not doing any form of warming up. Like, I do think if, yeah. uh, if deadlifts and squats. No, his approach is scary as hell for me. I'm not yeah. saying it's right. It's I would, yeah, I, say, I don't want to. I don't want people listening to think like I'm just I'm just oh, we're just going to walk to the squat rack and let's go. Um, I mean, there's definitely, it depends on the individual. If someone walks in with a pretty, pretty hefty health history, you know, yeah. this or that, and they, they have a, a bevy of injuries, like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm probably going to, you know, have them do a, an appropriate warm up and like do some right. quote unquote corrective work. However, if they, if they're pretty healthy and um, they're not coming in with like a lot of these injuries and, and whatnot, th that's going to be much abbreviated and that we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go train. Yeah. Uh, well, but, I like Stu McGill has a saying, he said, you know, as a clinician, make sure you, your clients don't end up in rehab purgatory. Yes. Like they just never get out of that. And yeah. I, I think and there's, there's where I, I listen to other trainers talk about like, oh, I have this client with these issues and we're doing like we work on ankle mobility and, you know, for 10 weeks before we do any, anything loaded. And I mean, I mean, I'm exaggerating slightly, but I'm like, who's going to get jazzed up to train like that? Like, I remember when we started implementing positional breathing drills at PSP and like, and PRI started becoming a bigger thing. I felt we implemented it very well, where it's like, okay, we're going to do two, maybe three breathing drills, like 10 total breaths, just to reposition the body, get the ribcage in a better position. And we're going to go train. 
we're not doing that for 20 fucking minutes. Yeah. And, like, and there, and I do see some trainers like their, their, their clients are like breathing into balloons for 15. Like, it's like, what do you, what are we doing? That, that rabbit hole is so deep now. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's right. That's where I met earlier when I said there's a lot of trainers out doing out there doing really crappy physical therapy where it's like, no, like, your job is to get people like to start training yeah. uh, in a way that's conducive to their ability level, et cetera. Sure. Uh, so yeah, there it's, it's definitely infuriating sometimes to, to watch it and to yeah. listen to it. But well, I, I mean, imagine your mom paying for, you know, 10 sessions and you ask her, what'd you do? Uh, blew up a balloon, uh, laid on my back. It's yeah, like, I thought you were going there to get stronger. Like, their contact info. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to get your, I want, I want you to end it with, greater bone density and muscle strength and, and not falling and you blew up yeah. balloons. Like, are you working at a kid's party? What's going on here? So I think it's yeah. right. I mean, it happens all the time in, in, in our side, like in the clinic side, like you're like, are they really getting better if you still have to do all this shit? And it's hard because like you just fall into that routine, but yeah. it's yeah. So and I'm a firm believer as a, as a strength coach that just doing exercises correctly, what squat, hip hinge pressing rowing like that that is corrective like if i if i can show someone's front of if the front of their shoulder hurts and they're doing a row like this or they're, they're going in that anterior humeral glide yeah i'm just like you know i i don't know if that's why your shoulder hurts but i certainly know that that's not helping why don't sure. we do a row like this where you're not falling into that position oh my god that feels better like that is corrective i don't have to do like a million and one exercises of like working on their, their lower traps and like their serratus and like, like no, right. roll the right way. And there's your correction. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know if that's narcissism. Like you're, you know, you feel like you're smarter because you're naming the muscles by like the serratus and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like if those trainers fall into that, or if it's just like when you row, I really want depression of your anti, it's like, yeah, shut up, grab yeah. a heavy weight. And it, it's funny because if you think about like the, in medicine, what we saw, you know, the neural developmental sequence, basically lying down, crawling, kneeling, walking, running. Like when we do that, how do you encounter, how do you learn how to hip hinge? It's like, you go to pick up a toy that's heavier than you, you know, and you realize, Oh, I got to get my ass back there. My yep. tiny little cheeks back there to, to lift up that thing. But there's no coaching or retraction training. It's like these natural positions that just occur. But again, like to a point, and then it gets scary for me as a, as a provider to go, Oh, you're fine. Just grab a heavier weight. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always impressed when people go, just grab something heavier and it does correct it. I'm like, of all the solutions that might've been the riskiest, but I'm glad you had the balls to do it. Yeah, but they, yeah, there's, I mean, and, and that, that's, that's a valid point because there are times yeah. in, the, in the assessment process. Like if I look at somebody's body weight squat and it yeah. might not be great, I'm like, Hmm, that's not, I would like to see something a little bit better and I'll load them. But in the sense of like, okay, I'll, I'll hand them like a light kettlebell or I'll hand them like a 10 pound plate yeah. and hold it out in front. And lo and behold, it does look better. I mean, I'm not right. putting 200 pounds on their back. Um, no, but that, that's a good point. Like goblet squats are probably the most, the best example of this. Like if you had a crappy squat, Tony, what do you like? Six, two, six, one, six, one, six, one. How much okay. do you weigh? Uh, 205. Yeah. Two, yeah. 200, 205. It looks like 220 a muscle. Like, it's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but in your case, let's say you're two, 220. If I give you a five-pound kettlebell to correct for position, like trunk position of squat, it's going to do pretty much nothing for you, right? Yeah. Yep. But you could make a case of like, hey, I'm going to hand you a 45-pound uh, 40 
a 20 kilo kettlebell and that could correct your position because of its weight. And it's like, oh, did you load that person? And, and then it's that argument of like, well, I didn't load them. I just needed a biggest, big enough stimulus to correct. Yeah. And same yeah. thing with, you know, like you were saying, the row, that crappy like anterior dump gets harder as you get heavy, you know, and you're like, and, and, and so they almost can't screw it up at, at some heavy, crazy weight. But yeah, yeah. again, it's, it's, it's uh, that gut check as a, as a coach, right? You're like, uh, try that when that, you're not with me. That, that's why, I mean, the umbrella theme of our conversation, that's why yeah. this, this, this overlap is so important because it's definitely there. Like there's more, we do a lot, we do a lot more that are the same than, than different in, in, in the therapy world. And the training world. Like, I mean, I, I love it. I much prefer uh, networking with therapists and providers and, and, and physical therapists who, who are kind of meat heady that understand the importance of the weight room. A light, like, a light dusting of meatheadedness. Yeah, you know? yes, exactly. And I, I'm much more apt to refer my clients to, to physical therapists who, who implement the weight room into therapy than, yeah. than someone who's just going to electric stim and like do these band right. exercises and while I'm over here in the corner doing working with this other person. Like I, that to me is like, I, uh, it's much more valuable because then, then they're, yes. then they understand, the client understands that there is a, there is an overlapping there. Uh, and yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a synergy there. Right. And I think for people, especially if they're dealing with like a longstanding back injury or something where they have a lot of fear avoidance, if they did something in rehab that looks eerily similar to what they're doing in the weight room at some point, it reassures them they're on the right path. Yeah. Because sure. it, 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 the downside of rehab is if we do stuff that they never would do anywhere else, they think that that's the only way to get better. Mm -hmm. Like if you never teach them to hip hinge in the clinic and then you're going to ask them to go out in life and pick up their kids and, and groceries and all that, they get all fearful and, and they're like, Oh man, I'm going to hurt here. But if yep. they did that move with me and then they do it with you at a higher level and more reps, yep. it's, it's reassuring. And it's, that's what they need more than they need the psychological reassurance more than they need the actual, what do you want to say? Tissue resiliency or tolerance, you know, like the physical I change. I, I love it. Cause I, I do find more and more now that I'm, I, I I'm presenting more across the country that there are more chiropractors and physical therapists attending my workshops, which I, which yeah. is a huge honor. Like I'm like, they, they're probably way smarter than I am. Um, however, a lot of them aren't that familiar with like the proper progressions and regressions yes. and working. And, um, and so they're, they're learning from me. I'm learning from them. Like I, 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 I love it. Oh, that's um, the best. But anybody listening, like if you ever had a seminar, like, cause I, I teach a few as well. And like, if anybody asks for like input, like, and they're like, Hey, do we get any volunteers? that want to show something. Please get up and show something. Some of the best stuff I've learned over the last few years is somebody going, Oh, I actually do it this way. And they walk up and you're like, Oh my God, that's easier. That's less painful. That's, way yeah. easier set up requires less equipment and it's like only because i the only because that person was willing to share you know did yeah. we learn so and then, I, and, then uh, and then i put it in my next presentations and then people think i can yeah that's <laughs> right and they're like man that tony guy's always progressing it's amazing uh along those lines you tell us about your seminars because I, I think that they're pretty hot like uh from what i've seen they look like they're pretty awesome yeah i mean the the one that i the one that's probably the most prominent is a complete shoulder and hip blueprint that i do with dean somerset uh you know he and i match it's, it's up the um uh, it's the united nations of seminars it's an yeah, american, yeah, a canadian canadian, canadian yeah. presenting in europe uh, yeah i like it yeah we're, all, yeah we're going to man next year we go to australia and singapore and uh we're all over the place next year but uh 
Um, you know, we take a, we take two days, we do a full day of shoulders, a full day of hips, talking about assessment, breaking down the hip hinge, breaking down overhead mobility, all that. Uh, and, and Dean and I work well together because Dean does work with more post rehab individuals. And he, I would, I would put him up there as one of the, uh, as far as like anatomy and just every, I mean, he's just a smart dude. Um, I'm just like the guys, okay, let's, let's talk about deadlifts. <laughs> and, uh, but we, but we match up very well. Uh, so that, that's probably the most prominent workshop I do. I do another one called coaching competency where it's geared more towards, uh, fitness professionals and learning, um, like our words matter our verbiage matters, like the initial assessment, um, that's where everything starts and like better matching your assessment to that of the individual. And like, just really setting Can you give up. us an example of that right now? Like, I mean, just to kind of entice people, like when you say our words matter, what, yeah. what are some things? Well, a perfect example is why, well, you, you know, earlier when I said walking ball of fail, like, my job at the assessment is not to point out every little thing that some, your, oh, your right shoulder's more internally rotated, your anteriorly pelvic tilted, your, your left eyeball's higher than your right. Like, that's really weird. Uh, I'm not, my objective is not to point out every little thing that's wrong with the individual. Uh, it's really to show them what, what, what can we do. Let's find that trainable menu. Let's, let's see what feels better and works better. Uh, you know, right out of the gate. Like, that's what I mean when I say that words matter. Um, you know, I, I try not to be, I try not people to feel like they're getting too judged in the, in the assessment. I do think, you know, I know, I know a lot of people out there are anti FMS. Uh, I am not one of those individuals. Like I certainly know a lot of my way to just do the FMS on, on individuals. Um, but I think there, there are ways to, um, relay the message like, Hey, I'm, I'm applying these numbers for a reason. Like, you know, this is, this is where I, we have a starting point here and this, I feel like this is going to be the best avenue to get you to this point. And that, that's probably a, a, a simple example of like where our words matter. And then, and then taking the psychology, because a lot of what we do as clinicians and, and trainers is psychology. Uh, it's oh, self-determination yeah. self theory 101. Uh, it's building one's competency, building one's autonomy, implementing relatedness to community, being around people who are like-minded and have the same goals and aspirations and, um, you know, so I think there's, there's ways as coaches and clinicians, we can improve those things. If you can improve someone's ability to do something and prove them that they can do stuff and not feel stupid and setting up for, and setting them up for failure, you're probably going to get some pretty good buy-in, uh, as far as like, oh, new, new coming I would in. love, yeah, I would love to see a graph or, or like, a, a, like a, a study. If you can get a woman to perform her first pull-up, like under your oh, tutelage, God, yeah. like yeah. what occurs from a business relationship after that, because that's one of those like dramatic, dramatic yeah. changes that occurs for guys. I think if they've had a bad back and you get them to dead deadlift, like their body weight or body weight and a half, like, and they realize, Oh shit, I'm not going to, you know, my disc won't explode yeah. uh, every, every time I deadlift, like the buy-in that happens then they're like, okay, let's go for it. You know, let's do yeah. it. And I think uh, that's, that's an important point because that's one thing too that I like to do with my clients is when, when I do the goal setting process, uh, it, is, it isn't because you, you know as well as I do. You ask, what are your goals? Oh, I want to feel a little bit better. I want to lose maybe 10 pounds. And it's just not inspiring. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm like, let's get you to do your first chin-up uh, yeah. when I was with a woman. Let's, let, yeah, let's get you to deadlift two times your body weight. And, and right. that could be a woman too or a dude. And they come back with, do you, do you think I can actually do that? Oh yeah. yeah. That's it's yeah. always the. Like, yeah, yes, we are going to do that. Like we're going to yeah. get, we're going to figure out one, maybe two performance-based goals. 
So now you know, if we know that these, these are your goals now, these performance indicators, these performance-based goals, now we know uh, your, that, that gives purpose to your programming. It gives, it gives intent to your programming. You, your program, when you look at it, this is, this is why we're doing these things to get you to that goal. Um, yeah. I, I, create, I think that, too, creates a lot of buy-in because now people know that they're going, they're going to the gym with purpose. And that's just like, oh, I'm going to do some arm circles here and do, do some of these. And then, oh, that machine was cool. Let's do that. It's like, no, we're going to do the motherfucking chin up. And that's what our programming is for. So, um, you know, I think Love that it. another way is like where words matter. Like, it's just like getting people in, in, in like to buy in. Uh, and I think that that is another great way of just uh, getting people amped up to train. I love all your insight. No, because uh, it's like when you uh, deal with somebody who's like a eighth Don black belt of the Shaolin martial arts, like people always want to go like, tell me about this punch or kick. And, and you're like, I'll give you a tip. D don't punch or kick. <laughs> Cause that yeah. means you're in a fight. And, yeah. you know, and I think it's awesome. Like your exercise library is probably in the top 5% of the nation. And yet, at no point have we really talked about any exercise, any specific specialized exercises. We said deadlift and chin up, and that's about it. But I love the fact that all that your input has been has been like dealing with people because yep. your path has led you to know like that's where the success is. Yeah, you can give any exercise. You know, I don't but, care. Like, I mean, I think my again, I'm biased. Like, I I like to be strong. I like I like the barbell lifts. Uh, of course, it's kind of going to be what I gravitate towards. Sure. But I have to understand, like you said, that the individual sitting in front of me probably won't care less, could care less about deadlifting a straight bar for 400 pounds. But, but, but yeah, I want to, I want to teach them how to kettlebell deadlift first and then maybe do a trap bar and then progress into that. Um, yeah. But not, I mean, it, it, again, it's, it's, it's about them, not me. Uh, so, uh, that, that's, that's part of the, of, of the service part of the, of this industry is just, I have to kind of take my ego out of it sometimes and be like, sure. and really look at it like, okay, when I write the program, like I have to make sure it's their goals, not mine. Like, like, all right, Tony, come on. <laughs> not everybody's going to do five plates as a, as a warm up set here, buddy. Oh, that'd be really cool though. That'd be, that'd be pretty badass. And I'm just talking about for curls, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, Tony, uh, where can people find more information about you and uh, all your glory so that they can get more of this uh, great info? Yeah. My home base for me is my website. So that's uh, my name is TonyJohnOfore.com. That's my blog. That's social media. That's podcast. And it's D-E-N-T-I-L core, right? Yep. Correct. Uh, so that, that will be where everyone, if, if they would like more information, then they, they just go there. And they can find those seminars, the blueprint seminars. Yep. yep. They can find out if they want to send somebody your way to train in Boston. Yep. And uh, if they want to read humorous blog writings uh, about cats and Star Wars. and That, that would Marvel be the comics. place to do it. <laughs> That's right. Maybe the only place in the yeah. entire web where that will occur. Star Wars? Like what? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like relating. I, I had this college class where we had to, it was biochem and they're like, in, in seven steps or less, so this is the final exam, seven steps or less, please relate bioluminescent algae and night vision goggles. And I was like, what? And then you realize like, okay, bioluminescence happens from this and that's what our photoreceptors are. And then 
they had to digitize those to get night vision goggles and that's how you get night vision goggles. Like you had to draw it all out. And uh, it was just the most two unrelated things. And it was like, that was the final exam. People were crying leaving there because if you couldn't like think creatively, you were hosed. And these are all super chem nerds. But uh, that's essentially what your blog is. Is like, can you relate? uh, Yeah. Can you relate Princess Leia and cats and would be bird dog exercises in, in one writing? And you're like, funny you mentioned that. I got Please see episode 31. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much for the time today. It's been awesome. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, any last words you have for my, my folks? Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I've had a sick toddler all week. So my brain's a little bit fried. I can't think of anything witty. So uh, right. I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Apologies. That is all right. All right. Well, on behalf of Tony Gentlecore, uh, this is Dr. Josh Sadler saying go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Tony. Hey, I hope that was a great interview and you enjoyed it, took lots of notes, and are able to take some of that information and apply it to your future clinic. If you're interested in getting started with the Clinic Gym Hybrid model, then head over to clinicgymhybrid.com where you can find resources, including our accelerator program. That accelerator program lays out step-by-step the 42 pieces you need to start your own hybrid facility. Hope to see you there and feel free to ask me any questions via email.